0: Now, it's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. It is the Aaron Rodgers show. Tuesdays with Aaron. With Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I feel like I have to ask you this every week before we even get started. Hey, what's wrong with the offense and why aren't you playing better?
1: I don't know. I mean, I would have liked to put up more points, but uh, yeah, it just didn't work out.
0: All right. So seriously, now, what's been for those of us that aren't, you know, in the locker room, aren't in meetings, aren't in the huddle? What's different? What's different these last two weeks? Can you put your finger on a few things to kind of explain how things have now? started to click and you guys are living up to the lofty standards you've set for yourselves well
1: i just think we're doing better situational football um we've had um you know a couple good games against good defenses you know we played early in the season you know san fran has been getting after people on defense seattle has been doing the same thing chicago you saw last night um you know their defense is playing really well um and then since we played some good defenses as well, we haven't played any slouches. I mean, both Houston and, and St. Louis came in near the top, I believe, in points allowed and probably some of the other categories as well. So uh, it was just good execution, situational football. We were nine for 15 on third downs. You know, should have been three for three in the red zone, but we finished two for three, which is still kind of at least what we're what we're shooting for. We're number one in the red zone uh, TD percentage. Um, We had two really important drives that you saw a lot last year that were just vital to our success in the game. The first was the first drive of the second half. We're up 10-6, trying to get it back to a two-score game. We convert, I believe, three third downs uh, on that drive and take it down the field and and, uh, cap it off with a touchdown.
0: Third and eight, third and two, third and six.
1: Yeah, those were those were big ones. And uh to get it to 17-6 takes uh you know, some pressure off our defense, uh flip the time of possession. We were I mean, dominated time of possession the first half, our defense was on the field a bunch. We start the second half, go seven minutes, get a touchdown, get to an eleven point game, that was big for us. And we come back.
0: Now you called that what did you what, you said that was your best I think that was
1: the best drive of the season for you told
0: us. that you said you said that the Clement's on the sideline or?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, and I I said in the postgame too. Um that was that was an important drive for us. I mean, that was a methodical. It wasn't anything flashy. It was a variety of plays executed very well. You look at that drive, the first third down. Uh, they bring a, a, a both their backers and they run a little stunt, and John Kuhn, um, you know, makes an incredible incredible block or blocks. He actually knocks the uh, the looping tackle back onto TJ, and then blocks the backer who's wrapping around him, giving me a little extra time to hit Jordy out to my left, our sideline for the first first down of that uh, for that drive, and we just kind of kept going from there. But um, And then the second drive was uh, when they scored to make it 20-13, and we got the ball backed up, and uh, that was basically the Randall Cobb drive. Um, he had a couple big uh, big third downs and um, third down conversions. Uh, one especially, I believe it was third and what, eight? Third and
0: seven, seven. from the Packers 34. You know, he catches it short of the first down.
1: Yeah, he catches about the 38-yard line and gets to the (laughs) 42. Uh, He's such a talented guy, and um, it's nice to see him getting those opportunities, making the most of them, and and cap that off with a big touchdown to put us up two scores late.
0: So what do you do with those drives? I mean, you can't carry them over to the next game, can you? What's the value of doing what you did on those two drives long-term, not just in the game itself?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's good to to draw from um, that that you've done it before. Anytime you can have a backed up drive for a touchdown or a, or a touchdown start in the second half, gives you the confidence next time you're in those situations. So, yeah, you know, we've done a good job in the past of of being able to close teams out when we needed to, and uh, it was fun to do that against a good football team at home uh, at, at their place uh, a couple of days ago.
0: We're uh, we'll, well, we're gonna go very positive today, except mm-hmm. for when we talk about Charles's injury. But we'll get to that in a moment. Um, You do a good job of explaining things in kind of layman's terms for dopes like me. But some of us are dopier than others, which is, of course, a segue to a question that Homer keeps asking me. Oh, okay. Um, He doesn't understand the point of running the ball as much as you guys did when Alex gains 35 yards on 20 carries. Now, McCarthy was critical of the fact that you guys left yards on the field. I understand you want to be more productive, but can you explain to Uncle Homer what the value is there, even if the productivity isn't there? Because you've talked a lot about the importance of attempts.
1: Yeah, it's attempts. It's, um, you know, it's it's quantity uh, at times as much as quality. It's uh, it's a balance between wanting to make sure that you're slowing the rush down and, and uh, trying to make the most of opportunities when they do have six or seven guys in the box and their favorable run looks. You know, whenever we play playing on the road, I think it's, it's always important to make sure that uh, – We just don't let those guys just rush up the field and they're good enough, you know, a tick quicker than our line because it's a lot of silent count and we can't just let them run up the field and, and get after us, um, from the start like that because there can be some big momentum swings as we saw in that first drive when I was sacked on second down and we had to punt deep in our zone and gave them a, you know, a shorter field. But, uh, You know, it's just something we're going to have to stick with and be patient with. I think there was a couple good positive runs we had in the game and a couple chances to have some big-time runs that just didn't get done. Um, But we're confident it's going to happen at some point where it's going to bust open. But we can't abandon it. We do have a, a passing attack that's kind of gained the steam right now, but we need to continue to be patient with the run game because it's going to be important everybody knows when the weather gets even colder here uh, it does become tougher to throw we have had success throwing the football but right. um, but we're going to have to have at least the threat of the running game to, uh, to slow teams down
0: have you come around on that opinion i mean are you do you have a different opinion on the importance of the running game than maybe you did before or have you always kind of felt that way
1: I just think you realize when you take a lot of shots that it's important to, uh, <laughs> to make sure you have something to slow those guys down. So
0: um, how does it slow them down? Because they have to think about, they have to respect the run, even if, if they're stopping Yeah, them. if
1: you just run up the field, especially if you're in an end, if you just run up the field every single time and the tackle can turn you, that's just opening up holes there um, that, are, that are bigger than if they're pressing into the tackle and kind of peeking in the backfield. And if we can get them to do more of the pressing and looking and peeking, it's going to slow down that rush and make it into transition rush, which I think we we do a real good job of blocking up front. So, uh, and and also with that, there's no reason for a defense to uh, respect a run fake in the uh, in the red zone or anywhere if you're not uh, if you're not running the football effectively. We had a play called when I got sacked um, uh, in the red zone uh, where they end up calling a penalty uh, on their defense where. I made a play fake, and they all dropped back. I mean, there wasn't any type of respect for for that run. If we had run it, we probably would have had uh, a real positive gain there. But uh, you have to you have to be able to run it effectively for them to respect it. And we need to to stay with it and do a better job with it. I think you know to to really answer your question though, um, it's really Homer's question. Yeah, thanks, Homer. Stephen, when when Cedric came to us, he offered us something different than we'd seen here probably in my time in Green Bay so that that made me want to call more runs uh and and give them more opportunities and give him more opportunities to get going I think he's really spurned on Alex to get his game going um so there's a lot of confidence that I have uh, in those guys and the line the line needs those runs to uh you know to help slow those guys different
0: down. different how what well, I mean what because obviously Ryan had productive seasons while you've been here you mm-hmm. had back-to-back 1200 yard seasons yeah
1: I think just a combination of vision, patience, and uh, and moves in the open field that okay. we just hadn't had those three uh, at his level.
0: Speaking of him, have you? Is he still around? Well, a yeah. lot of times when guys get hurt, they disappear. Not him.
1: No, he's been around. His attitude is has been great. He's uh, I know he's helping those guys out in the meeting room and still sitting next to me in meetings and uh, excited about him getting closer to being healthy i think he's he's definitely getting closer and hopefully uh you so know by you, the end of the season we can see him back
0: yeah you've got your whole i mean cause i'm obviously definitely holding he's out eligible hope. to yeah but i'm
1: uh, i'm holding out hope for sure
0: okay um the, the other thing that i thought was interesting you said this in your post-game interview on the field and then you mentioned it again in your press conference you, you were very effusive in your praise of coach mccarthy did has something changed there in terms of the dynamic, or is he approaching anything differently? Or you talked about what a great—he had a couple of great games that he's called here. Um, what's what's changed there, or have you guys just kind of gotten things going? You both have gotten things going as a play caller and as a player.
1: I just think it's important to to continue to give credit where credit is due, and um, as a quarterback, sometimes you get. Uh, you know, a lot of blame on your shoulders and also a lot of the credit um, and I just like to deflect that to the areas that it, that it, it's deserved and I think Mike deserves a lot of credit for the way he's kept us focused. You know, we were two and three and there was um, you know, probably those doubts in the back of your mind creeping up, is this going to be a, a disappointing season or are we going to be able to get this thing turned around or playing an undefeated opponent. I think Mike did a real good job of keeping us focused that week and kind of getting us uh, in the right frame of mind, and he's kept that going. Uh, and he's done a good job of uh, of getting us in some really clean plays the last couple of weeks, which uh, is no surprise. I think you've seen the production go up because it's plays that guys are real comfortable with, and, and we know the 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 easy checks, and, and we know how to make those work.
0: So that doubt did creep in a little bit. Not for me. But for, for, go- for some guys? Probably. You
1: know, I mean- There's a lot of young guys on the team.
0: Okay, I'm just you know because you guys put up a good front, all of you, that you weren't
1: bothered by it at all.
0: Um, speaking of effusive praise, you got anything more nice to say about Cobb, or are you completely no, out of compliments? Out. I'm
1: about maxed out. I told him in the, uh, <laughs> I told him in the weight room yesterday. I said, uh, I said I've been, I've been giving you a lot of praise. You have a lot to live up to. Don't <laughs> let me down. And <laughs> we had a good laugh there. But
0: he's doing a pretty good job. A little Yeah, into it.
1: he's he's doing uh, he's doing real good. Um, just proud of him, you know. I think being in this business for eight years now, um, you pull for the you pull for the good guys, and you pull for the guys who do it the right way. And um, he's easy to root for because he really cares about it, and and I think he has a lot of leadership ability that uh, you're going to see come out in the next couple of years as he gets more confidence and in, in speaking up. Um, but I'm just really proud of him the way that he, that he approaches his job and. Uh, and the ability that he has showing on the field. It's fun to give him opportunities because I think he's really earned it.
0: Right now you've got him going. You've certainly gotten Jordy going the last two weeks. James is delivering as he has pretty much all season. The one guy that hasn't had a lot of production, he's playing hurt, is Finley. Uh, what is, can you tell that he's playing hurt, and is there anything you can do as the quarterback to get him kind of going? Because I know that you know he's a very prideful guy, and I'm guessing two catches were not what he kind of had in mind again.
1: Yeah, Jay Mike's a tough guy. I mean, he's playing through a significant injury, and he wants to be out there, and he cares about it a lot, and you got to appreciate that. Um, it, it's just, it's gonna be game to game, and the CI teams play us. You know, we're looking at the pictures on the sideline, and and their desire was to was to double the most inside guy, um, you know, in in those red zone areas where where we've hit him over the years, and. There were a number of plays where he's got two guys, one inside and one outside, lined up on him and just trying to take him away. Um, there was a sack early in the game. I was thinking about going to him. He was doubled, you know, by Lauren Ice inside. And, and I think it was Quentin Michael outside. And um, it just makes it uh, makes other guys have the one-on-one opportunities and got to make the most of them. And I think he understands that, um, you know, when he's, when he's one-on-one, you know, that's usually where I'm going to look first. Um, but uh, because of the respect that people have for his talent, um, teams are paying a little more attention to him.
0: I have to admit, I sometimes avoid asking you about him because sometimes he does say things that get a lot of headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, when he brings up the chemistry thing with you, how do you kind of take it and, and do you guys feel like you have good chemistry, do you have to talk to him about that kind of stuff? or?
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like that uh, I've got good chemistry with all my receivers. Um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time together talking in meetings. We watch film together after practice. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to have the, the main voice in the room. And we have Jerry Fontanos in there and Ben McAdoo and Tom and, and Mike. And those guys allow me to say the things that I need to say uh, To get my perspective in there on the routes that are in that week and how I want them run, and um, I think that's how you build that uh, that chemistry. You take the you you take the notes when I'm talking. You you make sure you're on the same page. You ask the questions if there needs to be a follow up, and um, you know I think obviously the stats for him aren't exactly where he would would want them to be, but um, you have to understand he's been playing playing with an injury, and and a lot of times he's been. The guy that teams are trying to take away,
0: and there's value in that. There is. Uh, you mentioned Jerry Fontenot. I spent some time talking to him. I was I was doing a story on your guy Krabby, and I wanted to ask him about your Michael. I got to tell you, he really impresses me. Do you spend much time around him? I mean, he doesn't coach your position, but he's. I mean, he just has a presence about him. I don't know what his future holds in coaching, but have have you gotten that vibe at all? Uh,
1: Jerry Fontenot is head coach material.
0: Really. I, I believe
1: it. that. I think I, I always enjoy uh, enjoy spending time with Jerry and and talking to him. And um, yeah, you know, I get a chance to talk to him on Fridays sometimes as I'm as I'm putting together some stuff and and on the third floor for a few hours uh, with those guys. And I've always appreciated his football mind. I mean, he's he's uh, he's coached a few different positions now. This is third position group in three right. years. Uh, he really understands the game and um, played it you know for a long time in the league and uh, at a high level. And you got to give him credit for that. But he, he really, I think the thing you appreciate about him is he's very direct in his teaching. Uh, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's—he's um, he's not a uh, screaming, yelling in your face. I think he understands, you know, as a former player, kind of what the best approach is yeah. to get to get uh, the most out of his players. And um, and he's also one of the coolest cats on the team. It's, really? Oh yeah. He's Mr. Smooth, man. He's Mr. Uh, <laughs> Two buttons down on the collared shirt and uh, <laughs> semi-tight jeans. Uh, yeah, but uh, but I think that I think Jerry definitely has uh, his he's head coach material.
0: Um, one other thing about the offense, then I I do want to ask you about Charles before we get to halftime. Um, Greg might be back this week. I love it when coaches say it's a great problem to have. You know, it's a good problem to have, reintegrating a two-time Pro Bowl wide receiver into your offense. But things are humming. So how do you go about getting Greg more involved and and back into the mix when he has been away for a while and you guys have kind of gotten things going now without him?
1: Well, I think you got to make sure he's 100 percent healthy. I mean that's that's going to be important. And then uh, you know Greg's very versatile. He can play inside and outside. With uh, Randall having a lot of success inside, you can uh, you, know, you can in essence put uh, put Greg on either the inside on the other side or. Uh, or outside i mean he's, he's always been able to get off the press well and get on top of guys and and run everything you need to run outside with having the the versatility to be uh, a guy who can run the crossing patterns inside and go over the middle and make catches and um he's a big time player he's a, you know, obviously been to pro bowls and uh had a huge game in the super bowl uh, he's made some big time catches for us for as long as i've been here uh and he's been here and uh having him back 100 uh, percent only makes us better does
0: there is there a readjustment period though because you know from the outside again we're not in the meetings but you know he missed those last three weeks of the regular season last year and then you guys weren't quite on the same page on one play and everyone was up in arms in that Giants game saying well you know they're come you know they're not there because Jennings missed that time did you in any way feel that is there any truth to it taking time or or no no Okay, I love when you answer questions like that. Um, Let's talk about Charles. Um, Six weeks approximately with a broken collarbone. He stayed in the game for one more play after that happened. Uh, Did you know that he was in some pain after the game? And and what what does this do to your team?
1: Yeah, I talked to him on the sideline after we came off, after it was 30-13. So I'm on the sideline. I wasn't surprised immediately because I figured... You know, three scores under, under two minutes. That's what I thought. It it made sense that he would be, uh, off the field. And then as I talked to him, I could tell he was in some, he was frustrated about something. Either frustrated that he didn't make a play or that we, they'd given up some points or that the other team was driving at that point. And then I was able to realize that he was, he was, uh, struggling with his shoulder. And I proceeded to ask, was it the same shoulder from the Super Bowl? He said, yes. Are you worried about it? And he said, a little. And Charles is, you know, maybe the toughest player I've ever played with, um, and for him to say that he was worried about it, I knew it had to be significant. Yeah, uh, was just kind of hoping the best, hoping it wasn't, uh, you know, what they told us it was. Um, I would still bet on the uh, on the low end of the range. If you're saying four to eight weeks, I would bet closer to four um, with with Charles. But uh, you know, it's it's tough because. Him and I are obviously close, and and I've always appreciated his support, his leadership, and um, and his friendship. Uh, not to mention the way he plays on the field; he's an right. incredible player. But this gives uh, you know, this gives guys like uh, McMillan opportunities, and MD Jennings, and um, Casey Hayward to uh, and 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 house as well to to get some playing time now and, and the expectations are going to be high
0: how do you guys last thing before we get to our d-list question and then halftime how do you guys work the leadership thing like when i first started covering the team on defense you know reggie white had kind of a segment of the locker room and then Leroy had maybe the less christian portion of the locker room <laughs> um how do you and charles work because i know you guys communicate a lot and you guys are very much the leaders of this team and then kind of a follow-up to that who steps up into the void for a little while here while he's out of the mix?
1: Well, it's it's been kind of he's got the defense and I got the offense for the most part. Um, you know we've had some uh, some guys step up this year on offense and and been leaders. You know I've, I've been I've been impressed. Obviously with said when he came in and and, uh, and his desire and, and comfort with being with being a leader. Um, I think TJ and Josh have both stepped up into that role and, and done a good job of uh, understanding that that their talent and ability and status uh, in years gives them a greater voice to be heard, and they've done a really good job of filling that void and, and being leaders, obviously, with Jeff and his experience. He's been great. On defense, uh, you know, we've got some guys who who can be really good leaders who are going to get an opportunity to now. And look uh, at guys like Tremont, Morgan Burnett, um, A.J., Clay Matthews, um, Eric Walden, some of these guys who uh, – or more veteran players who have mm-hmm. been around for a while and helped us win a lot of games who uh, who either do uh, lead by example or or do a little bit through uh, through the vocal part and, uh, and can give more. So hopefully they will.
0: Our D-list question from our friend Drew Olson is one that I like. I don't know if you will. Um, but it's also something I've always wondered about because, okay, and yes. it became even more so, when Collinsworth and Al Michaels kept bringing it up during the Sunday night game the other night. He said, could you describe what those pregame production meetings are with the network crews? What are they like? Uh, where and when do you have them? <laughs> are they catered? And are they supposed to be more for background purposes? Because they did refer to it a lot, and I always, I always kind of thought it was to get information that you could use in the broadcast without actually saying, boy, Aaron Rodgers sure seemed mad in the production meeting.'" How does it work?
1: Well, you know, it's uh, when you play at home, it's usually on Friday after practice. When you play on the road, it's usually Saturday at the hotel mm-hmm. you're staying at. And uh, there's usually the obviously the uh, the people calling the game, and then the sideline reporter, and then uh, some producers uh, potentially um, as well in uh, in those meetings. Uh, they're, you know they vary depending on the uh, on the network, and obviously with you know being on Fox most of the time, um, you see every just about every different crew. Um, there's the the top guys, the Aikmans and the, and the Joe Bucks, and there's the um, you know we've had Billick and Tom Brenneman, um a couple times, and um, every every group is is different. It's usually just for background purposes. Um, I do really enjoy. Uh, yeah, I, I think Troy does an excellent job in those. Um, it shows how prepared he is because the type of questions that he asks, for the for the most part, he's the one asking questions uh, in those meetings uh, for for all the Fox people. Um, Chris Myers might get a question, and or Pam might get a question, but um, it's usually Troy, and I think he does an excellent job. The questions that he asks, they're just very intelligent, well thought out questions. Um, ESPN obviously has a lot of people in the room, and and I always enjoy. Um, enjoyed those I, I think you know they do a real good job but um and NBC as well it's fun you know Al Michaels uh, was was somebody obviously I watched you know when it was um you know Dan Dierdorf and, and Al Michaels and um Frank Gifford you know for for years that was that was the guys I enjoyed watching so it was fun to be able to meet him he called obviously the you know greatest hockey game in this country and in a number of incredible sporting events so it was fun to meet him um
0: Plus, you worked with them sort of for the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you yeah, were, not, you yeah, not really, NBC but I was, crew. yeah, I
1: was, I was kind of there.
0: Kind of <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we have a couple more, uh, a couple more production meetings with those guys, and and um, it's usually very, very fun and lighthearted. But uh, occasionally, the questions, you know, may get a little ridiculous. And... Were you
0: in a bad mood that night?
1: Was, you guys well, were you know, I, I was sick coming off the plane. Um, actually threw up in the uh, in the hotel room before I went down there, um, so I wasn't feeling great. But uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, but um,
0: stomach virus or something you ate? I or?
1: Yeah, I don't know what it was. Um,
0: Six touchdowns the day the night after you are yeah. throwing up?
1: Just once, just one little throw up. Um, you
0: are Michael Jordan or Batman? One of the two. <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, you know the questions were just getting a little a little ridiculous.
0: Okay,
1: and I was giving them some. Some one-word answers at times.
0: I don't know what that's like. I wanted to try and find a really negative play because that's what I do, and I, I didn't really have one. So I guess an open-ended question to start. Was there a play that you would like to have back from the game?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was. Um, would you like to tell us which one? It was? Third and a little over one, I would say. Threw it to James down the right side lane just to overthrow him a little bit. Threw it a little flat. Probably should have put a little more air on it. But uh, we had a, actually a run called, and they came out, and it's uh, too many guys in the box. Kind of checked through a pass um, kind of subtly and had one-on-one coverage with uh, Jenkins on Jones. And J.J. ran a good route. Got in and out of his break very quickly and uh, overshot him on that one. Disappointing. Yeah, actually, and then the other one to James as well, the last – the last offensive, uh, well, the 2nd last offensive snap we had where I threw it down the corner. He made a great catch, got one foot in. Sick catch. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, threw it too far, too far out of bounds. I mean, that was kind of like we say in practice sometimes. That was uh, Canada, we say. like a Oh, I get it. Canadian football yeah, has a good. wider field, so it yeah. would have been a good throw in the Canadian Football League. That makes not, you
0: Henry Burris.
1: Not good in the uh, in the NFL. Um,
0: what about, I was just wondering, did you know that Dahl was holding – Jordy and is that why you ended up with the sack that I mean it didn't the sack didn't count but where you were trying were you trying to go to Jordy in the end zone there where you got sacked and it ended up being wiped out by the penalty you ended up scoring I was
1: hoping I I was hoping that they were gonna they were gonna call that because I if you noticed I came up kind of grabbing my wrist as in holding it it looked like it was holding back there um they did they kind of just a lot of times when you hold the ball for uh, a good amount of time and they're rushing three or four, uh, there the, a lane opens up. Nothing really kind of opened up. Um, and as I look back to Jordy, I could feel like he was getting grabbed. Uh, and I uh, was in the pocket, which was the question that they were asking. Um, you know, a lot of times when you roll outside the pocket, the defense has the ability to uh, – our defense calls it plaster, where you just kind of um, kind of chuck anybody who's in your zone. You can hit them because the quarterback's outside the pocket. Um And in in that case, I was actually in the pocket the whole time, so you're not allowed to to do any of that stuff. So I think because I held it longer, they were kind of doing some of that, and thankfully we got the call.
0: Did you run any option in high school or at Butte or at Cal? Because my favorite play, which was not a touchdown, was when you were supposed to pitch it to Green.
1: That was my best play of the game.
0: Yeah? That was was my favorite play. Probably my
1: best play of the game.
0: What, uh so what, you've talked a million times about all the different thoughts that go through your head in a millisecond. What's going through your head there?
1: That's n- not that, not at all. <laughs> uh, and to answer your question, my first play of junior college, we're playing West Hills, which is a small. Big rival junior, like Shasta? No, 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 no. They're a Juco out of Kalinga, California, which if you've ever been to Kalinga, it's uh, one of the smellier places. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, that place just a little south of here. Um, Kakana that, that smells a little funky when you're driving through it uh, that's kind of Kalinga there so my first play of my junior college career against West Hills 2002 uh, we ran the option I didn't pitch it and got two yards and got rocked and that was kind of welcome to junior college for me uh, in at Cal uh, not much option we ran like tray option we call it I actually scored against Virginia Tech in the inside bowl in 2003 um but that was about the extent of it. That play was not an option, although it could have looked like it. And if I had stepped up a little bit, I probably could have pitched it to, to Alex and had more of a, than a one-yard gain that it turned out to be. But um, that was just a toss to Alex where uh, Tom and the left tackle kind of get in the end and, and going up to the backer and the receiver can block either the safety of the corner depending on who's most dangerous. As I caught it, uh, it's always just a reaction. You kind of just catch it. And I always kind of shuffled towards the guy to get a little bit closer to make the, the toss a little bit easier. And I was literally, as the ball was just about to leave my hands, I would felt this flash just flying up the field. Now, he looked like he was engaged to where he might not have been able to just catch it and run for a touchdown, but for sure the ball would have hit him and fumbled. Uh, and for whatever reason, I was able to make the reaction to um, to not throw it and then turn up the field and, and turn a potential negative into a, a one-yard below-average-looking run.
0: Was that th- – that? You, ha- you also had another play to him where it was actually a pass, but it went backward. Was that designed – Did that go, go backwards? To... It did, yeah, yeah. They scored it a run, mm-hmm. which helped his average because he got five yards on it. True.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: that's not how that's supposed to work.
1: No. Uh, he was running uh, just kind of a a swing pass out to the left, and I stepped up. Um, and because I kind of had to g- climb in the pocket a little bit, I'd actually passed him up slightly. Now, I believe if you, if you were back – Although my momentum was going forward, um, now he can have the yards. I don't need to dispute the yards, but I believe it was a sideways to slightly forward pass. If you if you review it,
0: from high above in the stadium, it was pretty clear that you
1: were ahead of him from.
0: Where I was sitting
1: from the film, it looked from the like film you disagree. Sideways at right. at most.
0: You got hosed out of five passing yards. I'm gonna
1: let He can have them. Okay. them. let's
0: uh let's talk about the two touchdowns to your uh to your guy Randall Cobb. Um, let's do the first one first because the second one is the one that everyone was raving about, except for James Jones, who's seen you make better throws than that. Um, let's do the first one first. What happens there?
1: Yeah, we're in our uh, set where we got J. Mike kind of split out to his own side. Three receivers on the other side. We've had some success with it throwing Jermichael the ball, throwing the coverage. Um, like I said earlier, J. Mike had double coverage there. He had Michael inside and, in the corner was outside. Uh, what they were doing in the slot for whatever reason, although Cortland Finnegan, uh, was playing the nickel in the red zone, they were moving to Norris Jenkins inside. So Cobby had, uh, some inside and outside leverage there as the, as the, the most, the innermost receiver of the three. And, uh, we had him running. Uh, a double move, uh, kind of a quick out and up, uh, and then uh, James was running kind of an out return and Jordy was just streaking down inside. Um, we've actually borrowed that play from a couple different teams that oh, run nice. it. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Imitations in serious form of flattery.
1: Yeah, exactly, but uh, the the fun thing about that play is that the way that we practice, the tempo that we that we do in practice and and the intensity that we have, um, it carries over the game and that route was a spitting image of how Randall ran it in practice. And it was actually a little tighter, um, coverage, uh, in practice only because the scout team guys, a, a lot of times, uh, they're not going to jump a ton of routes. They would, they, uh, they kind of know what we're running down there and, and, uh, the window was a little bit tighter, uh, in practice. They
0: gave you a good look there. Then. It
1: was a very good look. Yeah. But, uh, they were very aggressive um, on the field on Sunday, and Randall ran uh, an excellent route uh, getting open quickly, and uh, those are the ones you just don't want to miss.
0: So let's take, let's go through the second one then. Before you explain what happened, where does that rank on the uh, in the pantheon of your throws in your career? Is it in the top ten? I think... I, I threw James under the bus a little bit. I believe he was kidding, but he was also trying to illustrate a point that that's not something that surprises your receivers when you make a throw like that. Where does it rank?
1: Probably top 10 or 15. Yeah? Yeah.
0: What's number one?
1: A couple in the Super Bowl, probably. Yeah. Probably the one Greg down the middle was a good one.
0: So what happens? What, I mean, it, and it's a second reaction play too, right? Because he, he throws.
1: Yeah, it was, it was just. I mean, to take you through the whole play kind of is, is fun for me, so I'm going to do that. Good. We had uh, That's what we do here. Yeah. You know, it was about 345, I believe, on the clock. We had third and what? Long.
0: It, uh, Go to your notes there. You got your notes. It was That's third right. and nine from the St. Louis 39-yard Yeah, line. third
1: and nine there. We just had a negative run. Uh, we ran two plays. Um, and we got the call in. There was a little bit of confusion. I couldn't quite hear uh, exactly what the call was, so um, I said, hey, let's – And this is exactly what I said. Hey, let's line up, and uh, I'm going to kind of run the clock down and call timeout. Uh, But if they jump, let's get open. Really? Yeah.
0: And now you're in your your empty set in the shotgun. Empty set,
1: yeah. So I just kind of did my leg kick a couple times, and they ended up up jumping. But it wasn't a major jump. So my immediate reaction was not, well, they're off sides. It was... Oh, did they throw the flag or not? Hmm. And I couldn't tell if there's a flag going up on my right because I, I figured the guy on the left wasn't going wasn't gonna, to, so I, I kind of peeked to my right. I couldn't tell if a flag had, had been thrown. Uh, and then my next feeling was that the left side of the line, it kind of collapsed. So I moved to my left. As I moved to my left, my first thought was I might be able to run this one for a first down. Um, my calf was feeling pretty good at that point in the game. I knew that uh, I could bare minimum stay in bounds, and a field goal gets it to a, a ten-point game if I get even just you know maybe five yards.
0: Can you rewind just for a second? So did Jeff snap it knowing they were offsides then, or yeah, they...
1: he he figured they were offsides. Okay, um, but I was kind of uh, looking off to the left. So I couldn't really tell exactly because if he was offsides or just kind of like rocked in his stance a little bit. Um, but my next look was that. Left side of the line collapse. I moved to my left. I thought about running. Uh, Randall put his hand up, and, and that's something that we've talked about in meetings before. Where um, let me know kind of what you're thinking. If you're putting your hand up a certain way, I know you're going to continue on that path and not, you know, kind of come back or swim them or try and get open. He went inside of them and then kind of came around them. Put his hand up, um, and. Uh, Actually, double double clutched it because I, I wasn't quite sure where the safety was at, um, but was able to put put the ball in a decent spot and he made a nice catch.
0: What's it feel like when you make a throw like that?
1: It feels pretty dang good. That was that was uh, the
0: cool. Kids would have called it sick. Uh, let's look ahead to the Jaguars. Um, now I heard you reference in the post game. You know I usually don't go to your post game, but I showed up late and I heard you say something that people were calling that game against the Rams a trap game i'm no expert in trap games but the jaguars have had some tough times and now they've lost Maurice jones drew uh how do you make sure that there's not overconfidence in your locker room how do you make sure that you you respect these guys the way you need to as a team
1: well i think it starts with the uh with the wednesday the wednesday meeting and the wednesday practice and mike just laying out kind of the objectives and and me helping to set the tempo in practice because the guys need to understand how important every game is and um, when you're getting into the the meat of the season now you want to be playing a certain way you want to get things get things rolling into november and december when you want to be playing your best and um know we'll probably be favored this week um it's it's a home game uh we're coming off uh you know a good win uh good couple wins at home chicago and new orleans and um this is an important one for us because we're looking, looking to get to six and three at the bye and set up, uh, you know, second half of our schedule, which includes um, five. What is it? Five out of seven or divisional games, I believe.
0: Yes, you've only played one so far.
1: Yeah, which is which is going to be a tough stretch, especially the way our division's playing. Detroit's dangerous. As dangerous as a two and four team, as, as you're going to see, and Minnesota's playing really good right now. We still have one more at Chicago, so um, we got a tough stretch down the you know, down the back stretch of this thing. And we've got to be uh, making the most of of, uh, of every game at this point, especially the home ones, which, you know, we expect to win uh, when we play at home uh, with our advantage and, uh, and our crowd. So uh, it's going to be important for us to, to start fast.
0: Now how far into your prep on the Jaguars' defense are you? Because, you know, we've talked about this before, you always get those quote-unquote uncommon opponents at some point in the season, and they're a team that you don't see very often uh, I guess once every four years it would be so how, how, how does the prep work for that and and is it different is your preparation for an uncommon opponent vastly different than your preparation is for a team you see more regularly
1: it's just slightly different because uh, you don't have the same uh, the same knowledge about the personnel I think is is the biggest thing you don't uh, you don't get to see a lot of uh, a lot of these guys on film you're playing them once every four years um, if you look at the roster we played them um, we played him down there in 08 in a game we ended up uh, ended up losing, uh, losing kind of late. Um, I remember that, Jeff. David Garrard. David Garrard. Yeah, David yeah. Garrard brought him back. Um, it's there's not many guys that were on the roster then uh, that are now. So uh, there's a lot of turnover in this league, and, and you're going to see that every four years, uh, rosters kind of kind of turn over. Um, you know, it's a team that uh, that comes in uh, one of five. I believe, and uh, coming off a tough loss where they lost their starting quarterback and uh, and all pro running back in the same game. So um, I think they're a dangerous team. I I really do. I think that uh, there's a lot of pride um, in that locker room and um, enough veteran players to to try and rally them together. So it's going to be important for us to to come in with the same type of urgency we've had the last two weeks.
0: So let's get to our Ask Aaron questions, since there's so many good ones, at least in my opinion, you'll be the judge uh, eventually. first one comes from Shane, which uh, is a good reference on what happened yesterday. As a prank, would you rather have a pie in the face or all four tires off your truck, like 85 to, to 89 yesterday?
1: I'll take a pie in the face about every time. <laughs> the other is more of a major inconvenience. <laughs> Did, did you
0: see that in the parking I lot? I did, yeah. Were I you aware? You you weren't a, an accomplice of it. I was not.
1: I was not. I was not involved in that. Okay. Uh,
0: Don asks, he says, uh, Jay Cutler just said on his radio show with Waddle and Sylvie that he's going to grow a mustache for um, Movember if uh, Waddle and Sylvie will do it. Uh, are you going to?
1: I'm thinking about it. You I are, am actually debating it.
0: You are quite the mustachioed fellow. You've got a history there.
1: Well, you know what? Our our agency, Athletes First, is doing a really cool deal where we're trying to raise awareness and funds for um, for some of the diseases that affect uh, affect males. Um, so, prostate cancer and some other things. And so, uh, they're urging a lot of the clients to uh, um, to be clean shaven on November first and uh, and grow a mustache as a competition for a month and and uh, and try and raise money and awareness for uh, for some good causes.
0: You think you can uh, talk to Paula, so I can? I mean, she likes you better than she likes me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you should. My problem is, I, I kind of need a head start. I, I need kind of a come head start. Come that's not true. I, I don't have the the same surface area uh, as as some people to grow a great one. It doesn't come in that quickly or that or that dark.
0: Can you imagine what Graham Harrell would look like? I mean, he's—he he's grows got a facial chance, hair faster yeah. than anyone I've ever seen.
1: And it's multicolored too. That's a gift.
0: He'd look like Yukon uh, Cornelius. Have you
1: like seen that. him lately? Total he, sellout. What cut do you his mean? beard. Cut his hair.
0: I saw, but like I saw, he was clean shaven on Sunday, and and I saw him yesterday in the locker room. He's got a beard. And inside. he had a beard Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this comes you from. See his back. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, this comes from Shiloh in Shipwreck Point, Oregon. All do you right, know where that is.
1: I don't. But I, what a great name! I wonder if they place. know where Eagle Point, Oregon, is.
0: He says, uh, "Luke got new tat. Your brother Luke got new tattoos this week. Uh, do you have any, or would you get any one, or is Luke crazy?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't have any in the, in the. Uh... I don't have any tattoos, none none on my mind I'm thinking about getting. And, uh, yes, he is crazy.
0: <laughs> uh, Mark says, I've often wondered why some veteran quarterbacks, Brady, Sanchez, Roethlisberger, to name a few, still have the plays on their wristbands. Now, I have to admit, I haven't been looking closely. When you run no huddle, do you have one of those wristbands? No? no I don't. Did you used
1: to? In college we did because we signaled everything. So we okay. anything above seven signals, um, for time purposes, we would – call them card calls so we'd card call and we had a number system to tell and everybody the had them
0: then right no just
1: the quarterback okay yeah
0: there's been times i've seen some teams where everybody had them right where they kind probably
1: of, okay. yeah okay. yeah but
0: you guys when you go no huddle now it's everyone's got to know what they're doing and they got to know the calls you're making there's no
1: no comment okay that, that's helpful uh
0: <laughs> misty wonders what was your major in college uh, what attracted you to that area of study? And how did your college education help develop your character and help you become who you are today? Ah,
1: this will be a great story I feel like here. Is... I'm just going to parlay this into a, just a super story. I've been waiting to tell for years. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so good job, Misty. Settle in for the next 90 seconds here. <laughs> I uh, went to junior college for two semesters, and I transferred to Cal and wanted to do uh, – um, communications major because i i thought if i wasn't able to play football professionally i'd like to do broadcasting um when i got to cal the communications uh the mass comm major was more of, of a analysis of the media and uh, uh how how it how it worked more than uh you know, how to kind of get your foot in the door to do broadcasting, that kind of thing. So it was more of a...
0: That doesn't sound very interesting.
1: No, nah, yeah. So I switched majors to an American Studies major, which was... Uh, it's its kind of an, a major where you can pick pick classes that fall into a certain emphasis. So I like to say history because it was more of a, You know, the classes were that I took were all about uh, history of cultures, American history, uh, world history, Civil War history. Stuff that I love to study, but... Um, it brings to my story, uh, which may be longer, than ninety seconds. But I'm gonna give you the short version. So I'm in this food class, food appreciation class, and there's about ten football players in the class uh, of uh, 200. Two teachers teaching it, and and
0: uh, at the same time,
1: yeah, there was they kind of alternated. Um, anyway, there were breakout classes as well that of about 30 that you were in um, that uh, where you went over your papers and got your homework assignments and stuff. Well. Um, long story short we wrote this paper um, for whatever reason they didn't like the way that we cited stuff and everybody in my breakout class um, got an f on the paper Um, so we all got to rewrite it or so i thought but uh, when i went to rewrite it and turn it back in uh, i still had an f and I first said,
0: career F of your academic career?
1: Well, actually, I got an F in a science project in fifth grade that didn't actually, fourth grade that didn't, uh, I was planting these these plants in the, in the water, the seeds, and none of them grew in different soils, trying to test what soil was better for what plant. I got an F on it. Anyway, I got a C in the class, my first C, uh, up in, you know, from first grade to 10th grade. So my only non-A, a um, little side note, but uh <laughs> So anyway, back to food appreciation class. So I get an F on this project. I didn't cite correctly. Uh, I asked to rewrite it. I uh, wasn't able to rewrite it. I uh, wouldn't accept my my paper. So I asked my, my breakout group. I said, how come I wasn't able to rewrite it? Um, she couldn't give me an answer. So I, you know, we started everything at 2 o'clock at Cal. Um, her, the office hours for one of the teachers started at 2. So I told my coach I was going to be late. I was going to go down and talk to this teacher at Cal. Uh, after at her office hours, I went in there, uh, and she was ready for me. She basically uh, said she ripped me apart and said athletes always want stuff given to them. Um, that uh, that I wasn't going to be able to get my paper. Re- I wasn't going be, to be able to rewrite my paper. Oh, uh, and on and on and on this uh, this tirade that she went on about. Athletes and entitlement and whatnot. She basically picked on the wrong person in the class because I was probably the best student out of the eleven football players in there. I was a second team all ac- academic at Cal. If you do the research there, <clears throat> but um, so anyway, so get to the best part of the story. She uh, she's looking at me. She's condescending, talking down to me, and says, uh, "You what do, what do you want to do with yourself?" And I said, "I want to play in the NFL." But she laughed. She laughed at me. It wasn't a, it wasn't like a uh you know just a funny laugh it was a condescending laugh and uh said you'll never make it you'll get hurt you'll need your education and you're not going to make it through school here and i said okay i said i don't agree with any of that but i just want to tell that teacher right now today thank you for adding to that chip on my shoulder and i hope that you're a fan
0: wow okay you you're your that chip is just unbelievable um a couple more I don't even know how we segue from that you're not a big fan of the microphones on the center so I don't know if you'll answer this or not yeah I don't like it or if this is accurate but this comes from Mary Ellen she said during the second half I swear I heard Aaron call an audible by saying Bart star Bart star is this true
1: not true that'd be a great audible but not true
0: Okay. Uh, Anthony, I know what a big baseball fan you are. Who do you got in the World Series? What's your prediction?
1: Brewers and Six.
0: Come on, you've got to have been a Giants I don't fan, right?
1: I'm a Brewers fan, and I enjoy oh some of the guys on the Padres because I have my right. home in that area.
0: All right. Uh, Scott, with a good question, in my opinion. Uh, which do you prefer, watching film at home or at Lambo? Now, you've got the iPads, so you can obviously do it at home. What, do you still sometimes hang out in the film room all by yourself in the dark and watch film yourself? Or a little
1: bit, but I like it. I like taking it home. Okay, more comfortable. I can lay on my bed and, or couch and, and watch it instead of in an uncomfortable chair that has years of sweat
0: and gum underneath, encrusted
1: and... into the seat.
0: Nice. A uh, couple more. Tiffany wonders, what kind of candy will you pass out at Halloween this year? It's a Wednesday. So you will be in town.
1: I'll be honest, I've been a little jaded the last couple of years. I put out a huge, huge bowl of candy a couple of years back with a little note that said, uh, just take a couple. Shh. Two groups later, it was all gone.
0: Yeah, but you also hid one year.
1: I didn't hide. I was tired. I was watching film in the dark.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> that might be a good day to watch film at Lambeau then. Uh, and then Bob. Oh, but
1: what kind of candy? You didn't get... let me finish yeah. oh, the Oh, I'm question. sorry? Something sweet.
0: That helps. So, are you? Are, would you consider actually coming to the door?
1: No. Okay. No. No.
0: You should give out like autographed cards of yourself. That wouldn't be uh, all. I don't all. think
1: people would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. And Bob has three questions for you. You get to choose which one you like. Uh, what's the last iPhone app you got? Leaf blower, rake, or hired help on leaves? Or does Jason make you listen to stories about his kids and try to talk politics with you?
1: i just answer all three. Go through them again.
0: Leaf blower, rake, or hired help?
1: Clay from next door.
0: Nice. What do you pay?
1: Well, I haven't paid him yet, but uh, we, uh, we've taken care of a snowy, ice-filled driveway a couple of occasions. He's a great kid.
0: Uh, what's the last iPhone app you got?
1: Uh, let me see. I just I just actually downloaded one. Um, I got Family Feud in the last week. I got uh, Family yeah, Feud. Yeah, I did get Family Feud. It's fun. Top 5 answers on the board. Yep. Who's your favorite Family Feud host?
0: Richard Dawson. It's not even close.
1: What about Louie? <laughs> okay, next question. How long did he do it for? Cuz it's long. Steve
0: Harvey now, right? Yeah. Um I love Richard Dawson. Um, He he, Bob wanted to know if I make you listen to stories about the girls or talk politics. Do you talk politics much? Uh -uh. Not on the show, but like with guys in locker rooms. No, I I
1: was on another radio show. um, Wait a minute, what? Yesterday, (gasps) yes. Just for I was a guest, Jim Rome. Jim and I have been buddies for a while.
0: Yes, you got Jungle Car. And I was
1: telling him I thought it was a really genius, semi-comical. Answer. Well, he was talking about, you know, what are you doing uh, tonight? you watching the, or it was Monday night, were well, you watching the Lions Bears? And I said, well, it's a big night. You got the Lions Bears, you have Game 7, you have the presidential debate, and you got Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Which I kind of got that from Graham Harrell because he kind of threw that in. But.
0: Um, Is he a big wrestling guy?
1: Huge. Loves it. Are you? No. I was.
0: When I was. you were like my, f-
1: One of my favorite memories was was getting the pay per view and. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman fought against Diamond Dallas Page and Carl Malone. It's awesome.
0: Uh, who won that one?
1: Well, the uh, NWO. They had the undercover brother come in and, and uh, <laughs> kind of knocked out DDP, and then they, they pinned him.
0: How how do you manage to keep all this information in your it's, brain?
1: It's ridiculous.
0: Uh, so what did, what did you end up watching? The football game?
1: No, none of it. I was oh, yeah. hanging out with my Pizza Hut people.
0: Oh, yeah. in your basement that's all red? Yep. Okay. All right. right, that uh, that'll do it for this week, unless you've got anything more to add, Monty.
1: That's it.
0: Uh, we will be back next week. We'll talk about what happens in the Packers-Jaguars game. We'll look ahead to the Arizona Cardinals. who will be coming in after that. Two noon games back-to-back at home. You like them? Love
1: them. Love them.
0: And we'll take your questions. Make sure you send them either via email to me or using the hashtag AskAaron. So we'll be back next week with all that and more. You have been listening to The Aaron Rodgers Show.